When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having your new little baby in your arms is such a joyful time. You're getting to know her sounds, her smells, and needs, and it seems so simple, except for the many knocks at your door, alerting you that you must fill out this form and sign here and initial there. Also, you must name your baby before you can leave the hospital. If you have chosen an out-of-hospital birth, perhaps you don't even know where to begin to obtain a birth certificate. What is all this paperwork for, and does it have to be so complicated? This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's Newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton, certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indu Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Here's Sunny with details on how you can get involved with newbies. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Newbies. So there are lots of ways to get involved with our show. We encourage you guys all the time that, hey, this is your show. We want you to become involved and to participate as much as you feel comfortable doing. And so I want to talk a little bit about story ideas because Newbies is still kind of a fairly new show. We have a lot of ideas we can explore, but we've also covered a lot of similar topics on some of our other shows. So we're always looking for new story ideas, ideas of different topics that you guys want to know more about. So here's what I'm going to encourage everybody to do. So if you have a new baby and there's you know some topics you want to know more information about, first go to our website at newmommymedia.com. If you go to the newbies section of the website, you can click on episodes and you can see a complete list of all of the episodes that we've released so far. If you're listening in iTunes, same thing. You can just click on our page in iTunes and you can see a complete list of everything. So scroll through. Make sure we haven't covered it already, but send us your ideas and let us know what you want to know more about. In fact, Today's episode is actually based on an idea that somebody sent to us. So this comes from Allison. I'm going to go ahead and read her comment because I want to give her some props because I think uh, today's conversation is really important. So I want to make sure Allison is recognized for this. So her idea was either for Preggy Pals, which is our sister show, or for newbies. And she wrote, it would be really helpful to talk through the administrative logistics after giving birth. For example, how soon should parents apply for an official birth certificate and social security number for a baby? What is the standard process? What other documents are critical to have on hand? Should parents consider life insurance on the baby? And she kind of, you know, continues on. So that's kind of what prompted today's episode. So Allison, thanks so much for sending us this episode idea. It's a great idea. That's why we decided to do it. And if you have another idea out there, be sure to email us. You can also go to our website and uh, send us a voicemail. And we'll include that on a future show. And we'll give you some props as well. 
All right, let's meet our mamas joining our conversation today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your experience with today's topic. Let's meet Viviana. Hi, everybody. As you mentioned, my name is Viviana. I am mom to a four-month-old baby girl, so I'm still quite a newbie. I came out of corporate marketing, and so I've morphed my professional life into something more conducive to my newbie lifestyle. So now I'm a marketing consultant and a real estate investor. I used to live in fabulous Southern California. Now I'm in South Florida, apparently have something for the Southern states of this uh, fabulous country. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to the show. So before we kick off our show today, I thought it would be interesting to talk about this news headline that I found. I'm not sure if this is a new concept, but it kind of blew my mind that people are exploring this. So apparently you can pay someone to name your baby. And since we're talking about birth certificates today and all that official paperwork that you fill out in the very beginning for your baby, I thought, oh, this might be an interesting news headline. So there are professional naming experts out there. And and this particular article is kind of going through and It's a little more in depth about how you name your baby. And there's people that actually grade names on babies like, oh, no, that's like a 76, you know, out of 100 or, oh, this is like, you know, you don't want to do that because, you know, when your child is older or whatever, you know, they're not going to want like a name like that, whatever the name might be. So it kind of goes in. The article talks about that a little bit. And then it talks about these companies. This is what really kind of got me going on this, that there are professional services, not just in the U.S., but all over the world, apparently, where you can pay these companies to research names and apparently come up with the perfect baby name for your baby. And um, this one service I was talking about in the article is based in Switzerland, and it charges $29,000 for every baby it names. <laughs> and I don't know if you guys had a more sophisticated process, but I don't know. The process my husband and I went through to determine the names for our, all four of our kids wasn't worth $29,000. So anyways, just kind of wanted to get, you know, your thoughts on this. Have you heard of these companies out there that name babies? Is this, you know, something new? I don't know. Has it been around? Have I just been living under a rock? I don't know. Kristen, what do you think? I am in shock. I had no idea such a thing existed. (laughs) And all my birth work experience, that was not a conversation I've ever had with a client. It was typically, (laughs) oh, why'd you pick that name? And it's either, oh, we named him after so-and-so, or we just thought it sounded nice. And when I went through the process with my husband of naming our three children, all of our children's names are family names. So, you know, we drew creativity from what was accessible. (laughs) But I mean, we also thought like, okay, what rhymes with like potty words and what rhymes with, you know, (laughs) what are they going to be teased about? Yeah, what are they going to be teased about in the schools? But I can definitely not see myself spending almost $30,000 on name, which I feel like I'm an intelligent person and I (laughs) am not living under a rock. And I'm pretty sure that I'm capable of coming up with a name that my children are not going to hate me for. So I don't know. I think money's better spent on college personally. (laughs) Well, okay. So the article continues and it says for that $29,000, they're going to devote two to three weeks and around 100 hours of work to this whole process. And it kind of goes on and it says that you really need to think about things, you know, don't base your names off emotion, that that's quote unquote overrated. I guess that the firm checks to see if a baby name has been trademarked or not, if it's too close to an existing brand name where you could get into some legal trouble 
double. Anyways, it kind of goes, I mean, it's not, you know, just as simple as just, oh, I think this and this would sound good together. You know, I'm sure that's part of the process, but I think they do a lot of legal research on it too. So I don't know if you're going to have like the next president of the United States. I mean, maybe that kind of stuff is important. You want to secure the URL. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so here. that's interesting because Gwyneth Paltrow named her baby Apple or and, <laughs> right. and there's Apple, the company. Oh, yeah, you're got right. For that. <laughs> I, I don't know how. How can you prohibit a mom for doing that? I don't, I don't I know. know. Okay, so we'll go ahead. We'll post this to our Facebook page if you want to check this out. I don't know if it lists any of the names of the companies. If you guys are like, hey, who does this? I want to know. I'll give them a call. Uh, but we'll post it and you guys can check it out. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Today on Newbies, we are discussing the paperwork side of having a baby. Depending on where you birth, you may encounter different challenges with registering your child's birth with your local county or with the federal government. Our expert today is certified nurse midwife Susan Melnico of Tree of Life Birth Center in Encinitas. Thank you for joining us, Susan, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Susan, can you please tell us what major authorities through which parents register their children's birth? Usually it's state by state. The state requires that you register the birth and then also a social security card is now mandated. And do all of the states register the birth at the county level or does that also vary state to state? So I'm much more knowledgeable about what's done here in California, but I do know that it's, it's done a little bit differently depending on the state laws. And is there a requirement for the parents to file for a social security number for their children with the federal government? Yes, there is. That is legally mandated. But that's done automatically depending on where the baby is born and how the birth certificate is dealt with. Okay, so birth certificate first, then social security card? Correct. You have to have the official copy of the birth certificate in order to get the social security card if you're doing it yourself. Okay, and I know in the hospitals, they kind of just do that simultaneously. Yeah, what's done in the hospitals usually is that they have worksheets. And after the baby's born, the parents are given the worksheet to fill out the baby's name and all of the other personal data that goes on the birth certificate. And most hospitals tell parents that it's required that they complete that before discharge. Here in California, the hospitals are told that they have 10 days to submit that to the county and that's kind of the policy. In reality, parents actually have a year to name their baby, uh, but most people don't know that because that's not the information that's put out. <laughs> right, because you know, usually it's the hospitals that say, no, we can't discharge you until you have a name for your baby. Yeah, because what happens is they are held to the 10 days by the state, and all the information the state puts out says that the form for registration for the birth certificate has to be into them within 10 days. So if you wanted the option of having a year, you would have to birth outside the hospital. I mean, I'm sure someone could, you know, stand firm and go through all of the process that would need that they would need to do to do that. But you have to remember with hospitals, they're dealing with so many people. And um, 
if they don't submit the paperwork on time to the state, then it kind of, it's like a cog in the wheel. It stops the process. <laughs> yeah, I um, one of my siblings had that where they just couldn't decide a name and it was like day three and, you know, the registration person's coming up and going, okay, now you seriously need to pick a name for your baby and, you know, we need to get this over with. So, but we have Viviana on as our guest today and I know she kind of has a unique experience. So, Viviana, could you kind of share what your process has been? Of course. So we're in a um, a little bit of a unique situation in that we adopted our baby girl. And so we were lucky enough to be at the hospital with the birth mom um, when our daughter was born. And so there's a great deal of paperwork that we also have to fill out in different processes. And, and, and it kind of goes varies state by state. But in the state of Florida, the way it works is that the birth mom fills out certain paperwork. And at that time, she actually fills out a birth certificate with the baby's name. Now she can leave the first and middle name blank, but the baby will have her last name. In our case, she asked us what we were going to name our daughter, and so she utilized both the first and middle name and left her uh, last name. And then as you go through the process of the adoption paperwork, once you get to the final paperwork, which is the decree, and you get a court and and the judge has all, all the final paperwork, then you fill out a new birth certificate registration form in which we then have her first, middle, and her last name, our last names. And then they issue a new birth certificate. And then from there, we can get a social security number. That's so fascinating. You know, when I had my kids, my all my kids were born in the hospital, but I remember specifically with my first, I was all excited about filling out this paperwork because they gave us all of it ahead of time. You know, I'm filling everything out. I love the name we picked out. But with our second, I didn't pre-fill that out because I had a toddler and I was a little busy, but I had had another C-section and it was really difficult to try to fill that paperwork out. And the, the registration person came in and I'm like trying to breastfeed and he's like looking at me like he's never seen a boob before in his life. And yeah, and then probably threw him off. So I'm, you know, trying to sign this one handed, trying to get like a latch with a brand new baby. And I actually got that birth certificate in the mail. You know, we paid for the certified copy and my birth date is wrong on it. So not my kid's birthday, but my birthday. So, you know, we got to pay to get that corrected because if I'm sure they were to look me up just by my name and my birthday, I technically only have two children and not three. So, <laughs> so double, double check in the hospital births, double check that everything is correct. And it's really hard to do that when either one, you're under the influence of medication and you're trying to breastfeed a wiggly baby at the same time. So, <laughs> well, that brings up a good point. I mean, Susan, what happens if, you know, we do make a mistake on the birth certificate, whatever it might be, maybe we misspell the baby's name or, you know, we, I don't know, or we just want to change it. I mean, I, I, I've talked to moms out there that, you know, <laughs> they decided after a couple of days of having one name that that was not going to fit for their baby. I mean, what is the process for changing any information on a birth certificate? Well, once you sign the original form, you're signing that everything on there is correct. So once you've done that and it's been submitted to the state, then there is a fee, just like Kristen said. Any changes that you want to make require doing the process all over again. And I want to say it's $350, but... What? Yeah. <laughs> I may be wrong about that, but it's at least that. So it is, it's, it's serious stuff. You know, when you're signing that, you want to make sure that it's all correct. And if you're not sure you want that name, then it's better to wait. 
Man, Kristen, how much did it cost? Oh, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> well, wait till you got 350 bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will let you know how it goes and we can do a little segment on a future show all about it. Anyway, so Susan, we talked a little bit about how we have to sign all this paperwork at the hospital, but what is the actual process and timeline for, you know, first we submit for the birth certificate and then, you know, the hospital is also simultaneously applying for a social security card, but kind of does any of that process overlap or does one come before the other? And then what's kind of the timeline for getting copies of all those records and getting the social security card? So for here in California for hospital births, once the parents have signed that everything is okay on the form, it actually is um, transmitted to the state electronically. And that triggers an automatic registration with for Social Security. So it's all done kind of in one step in hospital births, and it's all electronic. And um, so parents don't have to worry about doing that step themselves. But it is at least a six-week time frame from the time that it's filed for the birth certificate until the parents actually receive a copy in the mail. And it's the same with, it's even a little bit longer for Social Security. I'm sure in most states this is similar, but I know here in California, if we want a copy of the birth certificate, we have to pay for that at the county level. But the Social Security card, that's free. That's automatic, correct? Yes. Okay. Does anybody know if you have to have a Social Security number to get a passport for your baby? I believe you do. But I will say we were going to Mexico and we needed to get something for my son. And I think they give you some sort of grace period, though, before you absolutely have to have a passport. It's not that I don't know. It's the first year for six months. I can't remember right now, but I think it may be the first six months. That's what I want to say. Don't quote me on that. I mean, they do give you a little bit of time, though, to to kind of get everything in order. So if that's of concern, you know, right after your baby's born or, you know, you have a little bit of time. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about taking care of business and talk about what to do if you're having a birth outside of a hospital. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with certified nurse midwife, Susan Melnico, about birth registration in all settings. Susan, is there a difference in the birth registration process when a woman gives birth at a licensed birth center? Yes, there is. And again, I'm speaking specifically to California. But like we were talking about in the hospital, it's an electronic process. So if a birth center has been in existence for quite a while, some of them have access to that electronic process. I worked in a birth center that could do that. So it was very similar to the way the hospital was done. If the parents knew the name, they would fill out all the registration form in the first five days. And then the birth center had a county person come into the birth center and submit everything electronically. And at the same time, the social security um, card was generated automatically from that electronic submission. I have a new birth center. We've been here for a year and a half. And when I when we first opened, the county was saying, yes, 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 we're going to get you on the electronic system. But it's been very difficult, and it has to do with the state and the county because it's a state system, and the county only gets so many slots for the electronic submission. So, so far, we have not been able to access that. So our parents that birth with us have to do the birth certificate in the very same way that home birthers do it. So it's a much more complex system that has to occur. 
So how does the birth certificate process go for your birth center and then also for the home birth since you mentioned it's similar? So San Diego County has given us a huge packet of information that we are responsible for giving to each of our clients. And in that packet, there is a uh, worksheet for the baby's name and the family's information. It's the same worksheet that they use in the hospital. And then there's a worksheet for all the medical information, the time of the birth, and the medical information about the mom and the actual birth. So we facilitate the parents doing this, and we usually try to take care of it in the first week, not necessarily at the time of the birth because our parents go home really, really early. But we do it when they come back to see us between um, five and ten days. And they need those worksheets. They also need either a signed letter or the presence of two people who witnessed the birth to go down to the registrar's office with them. So that means that usually the baby's dad or if there was some other person, family member that witnessed the birth, they go with the mom. And then we provide a, an original signature on a letter that has all the specific medical information that they want. And they accept that from us as long as we're registered with the Bureau of Vital Statistics. And they need to take the baby with them. So either two people or one person and a signed original letter and the baby have to go. And does that letter have to be notarized? It does not have to be notarized, no. And so what happens for parents who have a planned or unplanned unassisted birth? Are there any complications with registering their child's birth? There can be because, again, there needs to be two witnesses. Now, if they were planning a birth center birth and unplanned the baby came really quickly, usually they'll still allow us to write a letter because we had been, you know, we had knowledge of the family and we were providing care all through the pregnancy. So we knew this mom and we took care of her immediately after the birth. But if that's not the case and a family just has an unassisted birth, they definitely need two people who witnessed the birth to go with them or a letter from someone who witnessed the birth. And what happens is when they go to the Bureau of Vital Statistics, the birth certificate can be done immediately while they're there, and they can actually purchase an official copy at that time. But then it's a second step where they have to go for the Social Security um, to the Social Security office at another time. I've heard of some people that kind of live off the grid, and you know they have unassisted births, and then they don't register their children. So. Do you have any knowledge of that, or is that something that you know the consequences of? Well, I've encountered some people who have told me that they're doing that, and I understand the rationale behind it. I just think it's probably going to be difficult for the child as they grow up, you know, not having that, because we know how many times we're asked for our birth certificate or our social, you know, just in everyday life. And Viviana kind of has an interesting perspective about what Susan just mentioned is how often we're asked for that information. So Viviana, can you kind of share about some of your background as far as children's information and protecting that? Sure, you bet. So I spent about five years working for one of the credit bureaus, Experian, and I actually ran the marketing department for the products that focused on identity theft protection. So basically helping people try to protect their identities because it's a fairly common crime here in the U.S. 
And so there's just kind of some safeguards that we recommended a lot through a lot of our content to really help people educate themselves on the process. And, you know, it does really depend on different states. I, I think I'd mentioned earlier that I was in California. Now we're in Florida and doctor's offices in, in California weren't requesting. I didn't find that they were requesting Social Security numbers nearly as often in the doctor's offices, whereas in Florida, they ask it quite often. It's, it's still sort of the norm here. So just some of the things that we always suggested is, you know, be very judicious in terms of sharing um, a child's social security number because typically you're not using that social from birth on to, you know, once they're teens, once they're 18. And so it becomes a little bit easier for a child's identity to be stolen. And a lot of times you don't actually figure it out until they turn 18 and they might be, I don't know, signing up a credit app to get into an apartment because they're going to college. And all of a sudden they realize, oh my gosh, you have a home in your name. So it's just, we always recommended that people be super judicious in terms of how they utilize their children's social security numbers. And there's a bunch of different products out there too that protect families and all that. Well, this brings up a whole issue of uh, the whole identity theft has actually changed the process that the home birthers have to go through at the social security office. I've seen this actually recently, just in the last two months. Originally, we were providing a certificate that the baby had been born at our birth center, and the Social Security Office was accepting our certificate and the official copy of the birth certificate. They no longer are just accepting our certificate as of the last two months. They now need our certificate plus something else that has the baby's full name on it, I tried sending, um, you know, the newborn has a newborn blood test that goes to the state lab. And I tried sending a copy of that because it has the address of the baby. And <laughs> the two that I sent, had the parents had not chosen a name yet when the blood was drawn. And it had baby boy or baby girl with the last name. But it had the address and the doctor's name and everything. And Social Security would not accept that as being proof that the baby had been born and not died. So now they're telling all our parents that they need proof that the baby has lived beyond the first 24 hours. So I've changed the certificate we're giving, and I don't give it until a two-week visit. And I, it has the date and the time of the birth and that I attended the birth. And then I've added a line with today, the date two weeks later that the full name, I put the name of the baby, like Henry James, was seen today for a weight check and breastfeeding support. And they're now accepting that. That is so interesting, the hoops you have to jump through to prove that you had a baby. I mean, it makes sense. It, it does. You know, I mean, there are obviously people out there, of course, no one that listens to the show, <laughs> but there are people out there that could abuse the system. I mean, you really yeah. could, if you were, you know, trying to scam and get money from the government or whatever, you could make up that you had a baby, you know? Get a tax write-off. <laughs> The tax fraud has skyrocketed in the last few years, and they do target newborns because you don't pay attention to that. And so they can falsify all sorts of data, and all of a sudden your kid has a tax record. 
You know, can I ask a follow-up question? Because this is the first time I'm ever hearing about people wanting to go off the grid here. And I don't know if it's just me. And I know when you own your own business and stuff, I guess you have to, you know, you use your social security number a lot more maybe than other people. But I would not be able to get through a single day if I did not have a social security number. Like this is like mind-blowing to me why people would do this. And we're certainly not advocating that. But like, what are some of the reasons that someone would want to go off the grid like this? I'm totally perplexed by this. A lot of people in our country today feel like the country has gotten way too complex and that we're being tracked through our social security numbers and, you know, electronically through our activity on websites and on our email. So there's, there is a suspicion out there among a lot of people that it's kind of like Big Brother watching everything that we're doing. And some people are reacting to that, I believe. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Susan and Viviana, for joining us today in our discussion about taking care of birth certificates and social security cards after baby comes. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show, as Susan will share about parents who choose not to register their children's birth and if that affects birth workers who attended their births. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. So before we wrap up our show today, we have a submission for a baby oops for our baby oops segment. So if you guys listen to newbies, you know, we love to hear those crazy stories of things that either have happened to you or you've done to your baby within the first year of life, especially for first time moms. And this one comes from Brianna and Brianna has a message for first time moms based on her experience with car seats. And so this is what Brianna had to say. First time moms, make sure you know how to work the straps on your car seat before you have to use it the first time. Sounds simple enough to do, which is why my husband and I never thought to mess with it beforehand. Well, as first-time parents, we were nervous, I guess, and didn't know about the button to loosen the straps and spent so long in the hospital room trying to get our little one strapped in while she was screaming bloody murder. It was so stressful and none of the nurses could help because of the liability, but they wouldn't let us leave the room until she was safely strapped in. Finally, we flagged down another father walking down the hall and we had him help us. Keep in mind, we were also so sleep deprived at that point that our brains were probably not functioning very well, too. So I totally understand what she's talking about. And I remember having some questions with my twins. So I had two car seats and they were uh, preemies. They were 35 weekers. And so they're pretty tiny, about five and a half pounds each. And I remember asking the nurse that came in because we delivered at a hospital. I remember asking her, is this right? Like, do I, you know, do this 
or whatever, because she was so tiny. I just wasn't sure, you know, you hear about not putting extra stuff in the car seat or whatever, right? So I was like, can I put a blanket here to support her neck? Like, what's the best way to to do this? And I remember them kind of being standoffish about it. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this, <laughs> baby. Now, thankfully, my kids weren't going crazy screaming. She was just kind of sleeping there. But I remember that feeling of, oh my gosh, what do you do? And if you're, a, you know, a first time parent, yeah, I mean, most people haven't, you know, dealt with those buckles and that release thing that they're talking about, that little button. So I totally understand what you're going through, Brianna. So thanks so much for sending this in. If you guys have a baby oops idea for this segment, if you guys have a story you want to share, you can send us an email through the website at newmommymedia.com. Click on the contact link at the bottom, or you can tell us your story yourself. Just click that gray button on the side that says send voicemail, and then you can share your story with your own voice. Just, just uses the microphone on your computer and sends it to us that way. So can't wait to hear your stories. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with toddlers, the boob group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.